What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down episode number 70.1. And we are continuing our playthrough of The Evil Within 2, a leftover of A Nightmare Before Christmas, which is now New Year's. Things have happened, but we're back. And tonight I have with me Matt. Hello, hello. And so, yeah. As you can tell from my enthusiasm of voice, we just recorded 18 minutes of the beginning of the show and Matt's voice was not being recorded, so now we're starting over. So, yeah. Like a ghost. Like a ghost, like that ghost that keeps following you. Last we left off, (laughs) we were in Chapter 6. Okay, we're going to talk about this all over again. So in Chapter 6, we ran into Stefano again. He froze uh, Sebastian and told him that he does have Lily and kind of goads us to follow him if we dare. Um, We see that he has uh, went to the theater, which is on another chopped off portion of Union. And so we have to go back to O'Neill and go through the Marrow once again in order to get to this new section of town. This is where this game is still reminding me a little bit of Alone in the Dark because of the way the city's broken up. Oh, God. (laughs) That's new. You didn't say that in the last recording, Matt. I did not. (laughs) But we were talking about bad games and what could be a better example of a bad game. I am not playing Alone in the Dark again. (laughs) Ever, ever, ever. For old time's sake. No. One more run through. Yeah, no. I platinum that game so I would never have to go back to it. Um. So yeah, um, go back to O'Neill. He tells us that we have to go through the marrow to take another exit. Uh, going through the marrow this time, we run into um, this room that is covered with this white slime. Uh, this white slime then becomes sentient and turns into this monstrosity that tries to get us. Uh, we have a scene where we have to shoot it as we're laying on the ground while it's trying to grab us, much like Dead Space. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm rushing through this. I, I've already talked about all this. Um, yeah, um, make it into the next section of Union, and that is uh, where the theater is. Uh, there's a few places. There's a bar. There's also a hotel. Um, and uh, there's uh, a safe house uh, right before you get out of the mirror where we run into Yukiko. Uh, she was the psychiatrist that was sent in to help, um, I guess, calm and figure out what's going on with the core. Uh, and uh, she tells us that this Stefano guy seems to be in love with his art. And she thinks that we can probably get under his skin and throw him off balance if we start destroying some of his art. So we take that and keep that in mind as we go to the theater. Uh, making it to the theater, we are blocked off by a wall that has uh, got two portraits on it, and we have to figure out where those portraits are and destroy them in order to get past the wall to get into the theater. Um, along the way, we ran into another person that works for Astrogo, which is not Astrogo. I can't remember the name of the company that is doing all this. Mobius. Mobius. Look at that. See, we got we got it now. We didn't have it in the first recording. <laughs> Mobius. 
Uh, what was this guy's name? You remember? Uh, which which guy? Uh, the guy that we saved here in the parking lot. Yeah, Sykes. Sykes. Uh, yeah, he's in the parking lot, uh, being chased by a bunch of monsters. He jumps off on top of a truck, and we have to save him. He can die here, and if he dies, you have to. Well, you just keep going. You don't get game over. You just you mission failed. You can't unlock that safe house. So uh, he died once with me, then I died a few times, and then finally I saved him because, well, I guess I suck at this game. <laughs> it's because no, it's because the reason why is because I specced my character for stealth, and we we talked about that on the the last recording that we just that died. So, but uh, yeah, uh, I do still really want that one stealth ability. I don't think I have it yet. Where when you use the gas arrows from the crossbow, you can run up and just execute the bad guys within the within the fog, basically. Yeah. I don't have that ability either. In fact, I have never used a smoke arrow. I have. I found it to be kind of useless. That That's actually what I start with is the arrows, though. Yeah, um, I, I always start with the harpoon arrows if I'm yep because that way I mean those are easy to make. Yeah, exactly, and they don't take up the same resources as the bullets. Exactly. At the same time, I have upgraded exclusively the pistol. I keep finding myself only ten parts short of the next uh, damage upgrade for the pistol, so I think it takes two hundred or two twenty, and I always. I'm just short, and then I'm like, all right, I'm not going to spend all my parts, and as soon as I get 200, I'm going to come back and upgrade it, and I never do, and then the next time I spend it on something else. So I, that's the only upgrade that I desperately want to make, and I keep missing it because I've I've actually spent my advanced parts or, or whatever the thing is you need to unlock the next level of upgrades yeah. for the weapons. Uh, and, and I've done that for almost exclusively for the pistol as well. Yeah, I have too because I mean it seems like it doesn't take that much gunpowder to make bullets for it, and it just seems a little bit more simple. Um, and man, that thing I can reload that thing so fast now. <laughs> it's like he just barely touches his gun and it's reloaded. So yeah, um, and I can maneuver a lot better with it too. Yeah. Although, uh, that being said, I have upgraded almost everything. Like, all of my uh, all of my arrow types have been upgraded, I think, twice. So it's kind of evenly distributed yeah. amongst the arrow types. Well, uh, I haven't used the smoke ones, like I said, but I, I use the exploding ones and the harpoons uh, quite regularly. Those shock ones, man, uh, they do that little chain lightning thing that's really good. Yeah. In fact, that helped me with a fight later on, which we will talk about. Um, so yeah, uh, I did do the side mission with, uh, Sykes wanting me to go turn the servers back on, uh, yep. and that then unlocks the, um, the, the red, uh, cache that, uh, has been scattered around Union. Yeah. A good number of them actually. Yeah. At least four, four or five in this chapter. And, uh, the one that he's standing next to in his safe house holds a silenced pistol which I've used precisely once I don't 
So you can't upgrade the silenced pistol because I've checked. Why doesn't he just take the silencer off of that gun and put it on his upgraded gun? That's the thing. I don't get. It's also get. weak. Yeah. It's very weak. What's the point if you can't upgrade the gun that you got? Oh boy, I have this gun that I can't upgrade. It's not powerful. Why am I using it? I guess if you're committed to your stealth upgrade tree. Well, you're going to constantly run into fights that you can't stealth. <laughs> That's my <Yep>. problem. <laughs> So I need something with power. Yep. So yeah, um, well, I did that side mission, and the rest of this chapter is basically going and hunting down those portraits and destroying them. Did you go into the uh, – one other kind of a side, because like I mentioned, I did do the side mission where you get the full barrel shotgun. Right. But separately, there's a mission where you go into the diner. I did go into the diner. The and, Juke Diner? Yeah. and I f- Isn't this one – I think it's Anima again, but you have to go – it's almost like a puzzle where you have to go between rooms and you have to like look in the mirror. That's that's one of the portraits. Oh, that – okay. That is that is the portrait. Okay. Yeah. And you find that guy who shot himself? Yep. Yeah. Um, but you go into the portrait. So you go into these portraits and somebody pulls you in. Uh. And the first portrait, which is the one that I went to, which was the the one in the diner or the tap room, was it the tap room? Well, there is a tap room. I'm not sure which one. So there's one in the tap room, I believe. Yeah. And that was the first one I thought. Well, the first one I did was in the tap room. Yeah. Then where's the second one? Second one is in the hotel. Yep. So then, what, what's the diner? Did we go to a diner, or are you getting the diner and tap room mixed up? We've been no, to a diner in the, in the third chapter. I went to a diner in this chapter because I thought that one was separate from the portraits. And it's not pictures, but it's mirrors. You get the scene where – basically, it's, uh, it's it's another section with Anima, the, the ghost I, lady. Yeah, I did that where you're back in the asylum, and you have to like look in the mirrors to see which lights are lighting up on the door. Yeah. that. I okay, thought that was a that, portrait. Well, it was definitely a mirror that she pulled me into, or that she came out of. Yeah, she came out of a mirror. Hmm. I can't remember. I did this like three or four days ago. Huh. Anyway. Yeah, yeah I that, thought that was a separate thing, but it might, it might have been on the way to the tap room. I don't know. Yeah. I, I thought they were separate. But, um, yeah, uh, the, the, the mirror thing was kind of cool. You had to look in the mirror while running from her and hiding from her. Um, yeah, and it was a little bit less of a loop because you, I didn't actually know where she was going to be. Again, going back to the first time that we met her, it was kind of easy to avoid her because she was really only coming from one of two directions and then you could just go the other direction. But in this case, I was never really sure where she was. Yeah, she does a little bit of juking. She'll turn around. In, in and the stuff. juke diner? Yeah, in the juke diner. But, um, yeah, the, the trick here is that you're you're back in the asylum, and you have to look in a mirror, and there's, like, multiple doors, like four doors behind you. Uh, the four doors 
all have their lights on, uh, but when you look in the mirror, only one of them does. So you have to choose the right one and go through it. Otherwise, you get stuck in a time loop, basically, and you go through a door and you end up in the same spot. So, um, and then you... I'm saying this is a portrait, I think. Because then you have to... uh, You go to where one of his little frozen in time dead people thing is and uh, you have to go under these electrical I guess wires you touch them and they shock you yeah and you have to maneuver around them and then finally get to the portrait and destroy it and then you come back out into reunion and you move on to the next one the one in the hotel I can't remember what we had to do there it was not it was not the ghost lady it was obscura had come back yep it was actually fairly short you just go into a very small you go down the stairs and it's a little basement section yeah and then the obscura is running around you have to grab the key and then run back yep she did actually catch me here a couple times she caught me but she didn't kill me she i just run yeah. away from her again and then tricked her and then run up there and opened up the gate and ran out yeah i think one time she hit me a couple times and i just said all right finish me off i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to waste anything trying to heal so to finish me off i'll try it again yeah so um yeah uh we destroy the three or the two uh paintings and we have to go into uh the theater uh, so begins chapter eight. Yep. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I did in seven. I mean, I, there was a couple of side missions. There was the trip back into the Murrow. So it plus the two, uh, the, the two portraits. So I don't know. It's kind of like five different little missions at least. Yeah. I don't remember if, the, I don't remember if there was any other buildings that really got explored here. Like they did in chapter three and chapter three, there was a lot of, I wouldn't even call it a mission. Like when you go into the church, it's really just one enemy fight, but it's it's slightly more cinematic, I guess, than a normal normal I'm still, building. I'm still trying to figure out what happened in that church. Yeah, I, I don't actually know. Yeah, dude, soul I, I came out of him. I don't know. Yep. And, and what was being sacrificed? I mean, yeah. Was it was it just an enemy? And the priest went nuts. Did he get, yeah, did he go nuts before he sacrificed the monster? I don't know. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure that one out. But, uh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, so we go to the theater. Uh, and uh, when we enter, um, Stefano is obviously very upset that we have destroyed some of his artwork. Mission accomplished. Yep. And uh, he... Uh, he entices us to uh, join him up in the theater the stage, I guess. I don't know. Uh, this isn't really a long section. It's basically just leading up to the boss fight. Yeah. Um, there are a few things, you know, uh, a bunch of messing with your mind kind of thing. Um, there is that one section where... Um, you uh you have him cornered and then he breaks 
the place apart and you're kind of floating out in the middle of nowhere on to, on pieces of the scenery. Yeah. And the giant eye in the sky will kill you with his large tentacles. Uh, but you, uh, you can stay behind cover and yeah, uh, stealth section. Yeah. Stay behind cover and he scans the area with his blue light. As long as you don't get in the light, he won't get you. And it's kind of cool here because they did the whole messing with your, the gravity reality thing. Yep. Where you like, you're, you're standing and looking and you're jumping to a, another part that's floating sideways and you, you start falling, but then you start falling sideways because you're actually landing on the floor that's now floating sideways. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah, you gotta love being inside STEM. Yeah. So, um, uh, doing that section, eventually make it up to where Stefano is hiding out. Uh, we start to, he starts showing himself a little bit more. So he has one of his eyes covered with his hair, but you start seeing it. It's like a weird sunken in eye that's like veiny and got this weird like blue glow to it. Um, yeah, first it almost looked like a burn to me, but you know, yeah. it looks more like, looks almost more like the, the thing in the sky, the eye in the sky, but yeah. part of his body. So, uh, uh, was this before or after? So before we started doing the whole hiding from the eye thing, uh, I should mention we go to the stage. He's on stage, and there are a bunch of people in the audience. Tons of people. Like every oh, yeah. every seat is is full of people. They all have bags over their heads, uh, but they're still talking. They're not talking, but they're you know they're moving around trying to get out. Get out. They're tied to the chairs, and. He's like, I'm gonna make some more art right now. So he a masterpiece. His masterpiece, where he pushes a button, and the a red light starts flickering where their heads are, and simultaneously, every single person in the audience's head explodes, and he freezes it. So you have an entire sea. Of people's heads exploding and then freezing in place, all down the, all down the seats, all down yeah, the aisles. Each one's like a plume, a yeah. plume of red. Mm-hmm. And who are these people? These are not people that's jacked into STEM. Yeah, good question. I assumed they were just digital, non-real people, but yeah. Which is funny because I like how the game makes a joke earlier. I think there's a trophy when you use the first red gel and it says, like, you got red in you. Did you... Got red on you? Well, I I think it's a pun on that. Like, I think you take the gel, right? So it's like, you got red in you. Right. But it's it's meant to be like, you got red on you. But this scene here, everybody's got red on them. Oh, yeah. That's nuts. I was watching, I was like, man. Who comes up with this shit? <laughs> I was just like, yeah. that's, that's what wild. demented freak came up with this? Shinji Mikami, <laughs> the creator of Resident Evil, came up with this. Keep up the good work. Yeah. So that's that's when he breaks apart the the theater and you hide from the eye. After making it past the eye, 
you then make it to the top where we have our 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 showdown. We have a straight up boss fight. End of, end of the game. Yeah, we're at the end of the game. This is the main villain in chapter eight of a chapter game that eight. I know that has like at least fourteen, fifteen chapters. Yeah, seventeen, I believe. There you go. So uh we have our boss fight with Stefano. Now Stefano is an annoying little man. <laughs> he can teleport. He uh, throws knives at you. He then dashes at you and slashes at you. Uh, he also has a move where if he grabs you, you automatically get stabbed either multiple times or one big stab in your gut, which takes off tons of damage. Yep. And he also has a little floating eye watching us. And if it sees us, it starts slamming tentacles down at you. Oh, man. This this was an interesting fight to me because it gave me the feeling that I've had throughout this game, which is that I'm always on the verge of death. Um, because it like, So in this boss fight, I didn't actually die, but I had to use every healing item that I had, which I guess is, what, four? Because I've got three of the little stim packs and one big health pack. So I used all four of those, and then I was already down to almost the end of my life bar Yeah, when I killed him. But I did kill him, and I killed him on my first try. So I don't know if that counts as a hard boss or an easy boss or somewhere in the middle. He was a hard boss for me. Did he kill you? He killed me at least three times. Ah. Um, so the first part isn't that difficult. Um, yeah. But then he has his like second, this isn't my final form. Uh, final form where he then becomes more aggressive uh, and a lot of the walls that you've been hiding behind start crumbling. Uh, and at this point I've also picked up all of the things you can pick up because there's some, I think some shotgun shells and maybe an extra little stim pack. Uh, I didn't see the stim pack. I did get the shotgun shells and I did see some handgun ammo. Um, but by the end of this fight when I did beat him, I was down to one shotgun shell left. That's it. <laughs> and some sniper rifle ammo, but that's useless. Yeah. So I was just like, holy crap. But the thing that saved me was I started laying down traps. Now, there's not that many walls. So I started laying down proximity traps for shock traps as well as... Uh, explosive traps. The explosive traps I found out is that when he is running straight towards you and he run trips the explosive, it doesn't stun him. He keeps running. <laughs> the electrical traps will stop him in his friggin' tracks and I can pull out my gun and pop a few shots off on him. Ah, uh, perfect. So that's what I did. Those shock traps saved my butt. Um... But yeah, and I was almost dead. I had no more healing items. I was down to a sliver of health. Uh, but I did take him out. Uh, he falls over. Um, getting ready to die. And um, as he's laying there dying, he decides to grab his camera one more time and take one final picture. To which Sebastian then turns around and shoots him in the head. Through the camera lens. Through the camera lens. You know, one one stylish kill shot. Yep. 
And so our main villain is dead. Uh, this world then fades. We're back in Union in the theater. And there's Lily. Lily's standing right there. And Sebastian's like, hey, don't run. It's me. It's your dad. She's like, no, my dad's dead. And starts running away. And uh, as we're chasing after her, we run into a shadowy figure who then removes her hood. She's wearing all white. Removes her hood and she has what looks like a... It looks like wax coming off of her eyes. Yeah. And it is Myra, which is Sebastian's wife. And uh, she tells uh, Lily, says, come to... Come to mommy. You you're not going with him. You're going with me. And she runs to her, and they leave. And that's where I stopped. <laughs> Big reveal. I Big, think uh, cl- clearly sets up the second half of the game. Yeah, I I think so. I. I my only hope is that they actually try to connect this because yeah or else it's like two short games. Well, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking like story-wise my issue is is that how convenient is it that this cop who had absolutely nothing to do with STEM have nothing to do with this Mobius company who just went to and responded to a 911 call in the first game. Kind of find out his daughter was part of STEM and was kidnapped. <laughs> and now his wife's in it? What, like, how, how, what a coinky dink. And his partner. And his partner. Kidman <laughs> worked for him. I just, I don't. Yeah, too many coincidences if it's not tied together. I think you're right. Yeah, I just feel like, man, this is just, ooh. The only thing I can think of is that Kidman became uh, Sebastian's partner so she could get close to him, so she could get to Lily. But why even bother getting him, making him come to the asylum in the first game, you know, knowing the fact that we have his daughter and we don't really need to, you know, that's the last person we need to bring on this mission. Yeah. So, I don't know. I really don't know how I feel about it. I I hope that they try to explain some of it. Uh, But at the same time, I don't think they will. Yeah, I... In a lot of games... That's the kind of thing that would really irk me, but I get, I get the sense that, that, I mean, I guess this game does have some character, a little heart. I mean, I just, I, especially with the first game, to me, it was really clearly about the bosses in the atmosphere. And story was not really the key driver for me. With, with this game, I mean, making it such a linear, like, not linear, but a, a direct sequel to the first game, you know, tying in his family in the way that they have makes me think that it should be more story and character driven, but 
I, I still just get the sense that this game and these games are really about atmosphere, scenes, like bosses, and that's it. Encounters, and that you know, though if those really hit well, then then the game succeeds. I think they do in this game. So I I really hope that they tie it together, but I'm not gonna dislike not gonna this game. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna hold my breath. I don't expect it. My expectation is that it will be disjointed, but it will you know, it will be scary and it will have cool moments and you know, it's gonna have the things that I already know it has. Yeah. And if it somehow happens to have uh, a well connected, you know, kind of well plotted and planned story that that would really elevate this game for me, but I'm, I'm not expecting it. Yeah, I'm not expecting it either. I really wish it would. Um, I'm curious if they even set it up for a third game, which, I mean, what else is Shinji Mikami working on? But um, I don't know how this game did commercially, but it certainly was, again, reviewed fairly well. So I think, I think it, 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 for the kind of game that it is, which is, I wouldn't say niche, but it is more of a niche audience than like Red Dead or something like that. I think it did all right. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. I, I really hope so. So uh, that's the only thing I can think of. I, I'm enjoying the game. Uh, I think it, there's enough tension. There's enough atmosphere. Um, it's just the right amount of of survival horror in there. Uh, to where it's not too easy. Uh, it, it, the game is most certainly getting easier for me, especially now that I've upgraded and stuff like that. Um, yeah, some combination of the upgrades and my familiarity with the game and what it wa- wants me to do. Yeah, it's a great level sense of progression. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it does a great job there. I just um, I hope it carries it through. Um, and they do was... keep things limited. I never feel like like I I feel more confident, but I never feel like a badass. Like you can never really go in guns blazing in this game. Yeah, the only thing I'm missing is like even within one, it felt like you had somebody with you a lot more in this game. You know, you had your partner with you, you had Kidman with you. Um, yeah, what was his name? Joseph. That was his name. Joseph. Yeah, it feels like you had a lot more people with you than this game. You've been pretty much alone the entire time. Um, yeah, and like we said, every time you meet somebody, they, they hole up in a safe house. Yeah. So, we'll see. Uh, we're going to continue playing through it. Uh, we did get an email. Uh, I do have to say we got this email almost a month ago. <laughs> uh, on December 8th, we got an email from Nathan. <clears throat> it says, uh, hope you enjoy Evil Within 2. Having not played it, I will attempt to play it alongside you. I've been listening since uh, you first played Xenogears and love your show's format. Spoilers have never really bothered me, and I often pick up games you are playing. Don't really have any questions, or don't really have a question. Just wanted to say that you're awesome, and thank you for all the wonderful content. Well, thank you very much for that. Uh, that is uh, uh, a nice words of encouragement from us, because... Uh, we don't get that many emails, and we enjoy all of them. So thank you, Nathan. I'm glad you're enjoying yeah. our show. Uh, and we will continue. Uh, get excited, because we're going to be doing some bad games after The Evil Within 2. <laughs> um, 
uh, I know Anthony said he was going to join us for a lot of them. He's already nice. he's already purchased multiple games in the hopes that we're going to be playing them. Uh, the only the only game that I kind of really want to play is Secret Service. I, that's that's the name of the game. <laughs> it's it's so generic sounding. Apparently, it is god awful. Uh, in fact, there was a fun story I can mention, uh, because, you know, I'm kind of like, a, and I wouldn't say an insider, but from a different perspective, Ken, when this game first came out or was getting ready, getting ready to be released, uh, Ken, uh, requested a copy for review because he saw it was on the release. He, he basically requests pretty much everything. Um, and the PR people were going to send him a copy, but then at the last minute they didn't. And the PR person said, we're not sending this game out to anybody because it's going to be bad. <laughs> and so I was like, I have to put that on the list. Yeah. I have to see what was so bad. <laughs> so I kind of want to do secret service. The problem is I'm pretty sure that's not backwards compatible, which means I have to hook up my 360 again. <laughs> Oddly enough, it looks like it also launched on the PS2. I might almost pick up that version just because I expect it'll be even worse. I wonder if you can even find a copy. I have to know now. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to eBay it real quick. <laughs> yep, four ninety five. Four dollars and ninety five cents on PlayStation yep. Two. All right, so Secret Service is a first-person shooter video game developed by Cauldron HQ and published by Activision Value for Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 2, and Xbox 360. And it came out in 2008. A PlayStation 2 game came out in 2008. Yep, this must be top-end, top-shelf all those years of PS2 knowledge I am, going into this game. I'm yeah, I'm getting this game. We're gonna <laughs> do we're gonna do this. I'll probably play the 360 version. But anyway, yeah, uh, that's it for us. I know it's a short show. It would have been longer if we had stuck to our original recording because we talked a little bit more. But that's 18 minutes that we'll never get back. <laughs> so yeah, we're just gonna end it there. Uh, if you do want to send us an email, it's drew at ztgd.com. Uh, you can also tweet to us. I'm at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS. And the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Uh, so yeah, we got our, our next, uh, our year of the bad games coming up after the Evil Within 2. Obviously, we're going to finish Evil Within 2, which we, I can try to do next week, but I doubt that's going to happen. There may be two more two more recordings before we finish it. Um, we'll see. But uh, yeah, suggest some bad games to us. Try to stay in either this generation or last generation because I don't have the way it means to play the other ones. Like PlayStation 2 games, I don't have a PlayStation 2 and I have no way of actually playing those games. Um uh, maybe Sad, sadly, my second PS3 that was backwards compatible died, so I gave up on having a backwards compatible PS3. Yeah. I had one, but it died too. So, yeah. Suggest some bad games to us, though. Yeah, I, I think next episode we should go through the list a bit again. Sure, we can do that. We can do uh, it like at the end. 
Yeah, let me add a few. Yeah, we can as, as a bit of a teaser for 2019. There you go. That sounds good to me then. Okay, but well, that's it for us. Uh, we're going to get out of here. I hope you guys have a great week. We'll be back next week with the continuation of The Evil Within 2. But until then, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we're out. You guys have a great one. And we'll be back with uh, The Nightmare After New Year's with The Evil Within 2.